Y'all ready to go today, aren't you? Welcome to church. Really glad that you're here. Um, wow. I, I like that clapping stuff for our trailer video or our introduction video, whatever you call it. That means y'all ready to go. Hey, welcome to um, church as we continue our series today, Rebuild. Just to bring you up to date, you know, the first week we talked about purpose, we talked about mission, and uh, we talked about the fact that when you put God first in your life, when you, when you sell out to God and when you're all in with Him, God plants this seed in our life, this seed uh, that turns into a holy discontent. And that seed, that thought, begins to wreck our lives. It begins to mess us up. It messes us up to the point where we just got to say to God, God, I'm in, and whatever you want me to do, I am going to join you in that mission. And then last week, we talked about we all have rubble in our lives. We have those things in our lives that keep us from being all in, that keep us from fulfilling God's purpose and vision and mission for our life. And we, and we swept that rubble out of our lives and we stuck a little sheet of paper in the uh, brick to talk about confessing that and giving that to God and trusting Him. And, um, and so we're uh, just bringing you right on up to date. Today, I was thinking about this and thinking about my teenage years when I grew up. I grew up in a little town called Kieseltown, Virginia, and I would not run very fast from a fight. Now, I was just a little old guy, but I didn't mind fighting. And, uh, you know, just somebody would just give you a bunch of lip or challenge your manhood or whatever it was, and I was ready to fight. I mean, uh, and I can remember this one particular night, uh, I don't know how old I was. I'd be embarrassed to say if I did probably. And I pulled into this parking lot there across from the store and there was this big bad Marine in the back seat of this car. And you know, I don't back down for Marines or Army or Air Force or Rednecks or anyone. And he started challenging my manhood a little bit and uh, calling me out and uh, saying some things. And, and so I just said to him, okay, buddy, if you want some of this, get yourself out here. Well, he did. And you know, the thing I learned that night, uh, or the thing that uh, I remember about that night is that besides getting knocked out, <laughs> nearly, I was fighting for something that really didn't matter. I mean, it really didn't matter. It was just, uh, that was the thing we did growing up is that we would just not back down from a fight. We're continuing our series, Rebuild, and uh, we see in our culture today when anyone picks up a brick, to rebuild something for God, I can promise you this, the opposition will show up just like he did in Nehemiah's day. This weekend, we're looking at Nehemiah chapter 4, 12 through 14, where Nehemiah was basically saying to the people of his day, to the Jewish people, don't back down, fight. In our text today, Nehemiah teaches us to fight, uh, teaches us to uh, fight not for things that don't matter. I mean, things like somebody challenging us or our manhood or, you know, uh, you know, those parking lot fights. But to fight for those things that do matter. Nehemiah knew the people of Jerusalem were building more than a wall. They were building a, a wall of protection around the families and, and a destiny for the future generation and Nehemiah was saying to the people, that's worth fighting for. That's worth fighting for. You see, 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight. You know, there's a lot of fights that we can fight. But Timothy teaches us to fight the good fight. 
And I believe, and Gay and I believe, God is calling each of us to fight for something that really matters, like our families and for future generations. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, how do you fight a good fight? And I would say to you, fighting like Nehemiah, fighting smart like Nehemiah. Gay's gonna talk to you about how Nehemiah fought smart. <laughs> so if we're gonna tell you to fight, we have to be able to justify that through the word. Get my Bible. All right. How many people brought your Bibles? I brought mine. Getting a few more. Next week, everybody bring them. We'll have them all here. It's just if I use it up here, I'm going to have to put my glasses on and then put it down. So we'll just put it right there. It's my Bible. I love my Bible. It's my favorite Bible. Uh, but we have to, if we're, if we're going to tell you to fight, if we choose to fight, We've got to be able to justify that in the word of God. And that's what we're going to do with Nehemiah. We're reading Nehemiah. We're building a wall. But the first, why fight? Well, because our families are under attack. They're under attack. It's happening right before our very eyes. Now, I've been a marriage and family therapist for, I don't know, 25 years, I don't know, and a pastor for many years. And... Uh, I have really never seen what I'm seeing today. It's just over the course of years, the families have, I don't know if it's from the 50s until now, but families are just being ripped apart. It's happening before our very eyes. I'm reading a book, and it's called How the West Really Lost God. And the book is about the decline of people practicing their faith and living uh, you know, the, the faith community is declining, and the, uh, the secularization, our society becoming more secular, more godless. Now, there are a lot of theories out there. A lot of people have theories about why that's happening. You'll find people in the church, and they'll say, well, it's because of the culture. Uh, it, we're going to hell in a handbasket. And then you'll hear some people blame it on politics. And we're getting our fill of that right now, aren't we? They'll say, well, it's because there's so much politics and political jargon and, and all of that. That's what's happening. And other people will blame it on, um, well, it was when they took prayer out of schools. And some people will say uh, it was um, religious leaders. You know, they didn't live up to what they really should. And a lot of people are blaming it on the church. I mean, people within the church are blaming it. So the church just didn't live up to what it was. But here's a theory that I wholeheartedly endorse because I've watched it happen before my very eyes. And reality is backing up this theory. And her theory is that the reason that our society is becoming more secular without God is because of the breakdown of the family. Now, families everywhere are in crisis. And children have been left exposed and torn apart by the drama and the trauma of adult issues. Have you noticed that younger and younger are the children that have to deal with adult issues? Uh, the sexualization of children, uh, parents who are not providing that protective covering and cracking and being left exposed to an enemy that's just destroying, I, I've just been watching it. And it's one of the reasons 
why here at Salem Fields Community Church, we are determined to fight and not back down. And that's why we've committed to rebuild our student ministries. I'll tell you, our teenagers are having to deal with things today. And, you know, people always say, I've never seen anything like this. Well, there's always been a lot of trouble in our world. But some of the things that our teens are having to deal with is excruciating for them. And so we're committed to rebuilding our student ministry. And that's one of the reasons why we're, we're uh, lending a, a hand, a loving hand, into some of the elementary schools, into Livingston, and uh, into Smithfield, Virginia, where we're, we're uh, partnering with elementary schools, even in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, in Africa. And it's why we don't apologize for, for the next three years asking for a financial commitment from everybody, because we know if we're going to rebuild these projects that it's going to take resources. We've seen it happen through the 21 years that we, we're here. We've seen God bring people together and unify us and do something exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could have ever imagined. But you have to understand, it's about so much more than coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's so much more than your money. It's so much more than all that. It's about lives. And God calls us to fight, not about those petty things. I'm telling you, there are so many things that we fight about and we yak about that are just so petty and really, really don't matter. And we get distracted and we get our eyes on that and we get way off course. Not about the petty things, but to fight for our families. Like the nearly 16,000 students just in this area, we have six middle schools and six high schools, and we estimate that there are probably 16,000 students in this area. Now, with all the churches together and all the youth groups and Young Life and every other organization, we're not even touching a drop of that. You realize that, right? There are so many more students that need to learn to know about Jesus and need to to have a place where they belong. It's for the thousands of families just within a six-mile radius of this building right here. There are thousands of families that don't know Jesus, that are being torn apart, that don't have the hope that we have in Jesus. It's about the hundreds of kids that are living in poverty in Smithfield or in Nigeria or in India. All of these places, Salem Fields, has developed a partnership with. It's for the people who live in Namibia, Africa, in the dump. It's for those street girls that Annie is rescuing off the streets of Las Vegas out of prostitution and sex trafficking. It's for you. It's for me. We need to fight for these lives, for your friends and your, your friends' kids and grandparents and grandchildren. It's about lives for for those of you that are worshiping online and for all of us here today. He's calling us to fight, to fight for our marriages. You know, we've got easy exit ramps out of relationships these days. And most people, 50% of the people, take it. But I've said, let's fight. Let's stand our ground. Let's not give up. Let's fight. And Nehemiah backs it up. He's calling us to fight for our husbands and our wives and our sons and our daughters here and around the world. 
So how do we do that? Well, we follow Nehemiah's example. Nehemiah said there's, the people came and they said there's a threat. And I've just told you about that threat, the weakness that's there. There's a threat. And in Nehemiah 4.12, it says, Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. There was a, an attack just like on us today. You know, we think, how is the Old Testament and all of that that happens in the Old Testament relevant today? Well, the Jewish families were under attack. The, the families in America today at Salem Fields and around this, this country are under attack. It's the same thing. And the people said, they're attacking us. Families in America have been attacked and ripped apart for quite a while now. But behind every one of those attacks is an unseen enemy. You know, relationships are hard, aren't they? They are excruciatingly hard. To be successful in a relationship takes a lot of work. It takes a lot. And the enemy, when the enemy sees a crack, it's just like right here. You know, we've been building this wall of foundation. Last night, I saw this right here. And I had my cowboy boots on with that pointed toe. And I thought, I guarantee you I could stick that toe in there and I could rip this wall apart, couldn't I? I could. Because that's where the enemy goes. Right inside of you, right inside of your marriage, right inside of you, right between Buddy and I. He sees the weakness and he sees the crack and that's exactly where he's going to go. But you know what we do? We get so busy pointing our finger at the other person saying, he did this and he won't do what I want him to do. And we get distracted, don't we? And we get our eyes on all the wrong things because there's an enemy that wants to destroy you. And too many times, because we get our eyes on the wrong things, he gets a foothold in our life. For me, I've said, you can stand me at the gates of hell, but I will not back down. I will not give up. I will fight for this marriage. I will fight for my child that would be ripped apart should we be ripped apart? I won't back down. I won't back down. And the people said, the people said, we're under attack, and they were afraid. And Nehemiah said, he, he said some, something else. He said, see, he had an advantage over us. They had an enemy that they could see with their eyes. The enemy was evading them and wanted to destroy these families. You and I, on the other hand, we have an enemy that we can't see. And most times we completely miss what's really going on because we've got our eyes, that rubble, we're distracted by other things and we slip right into the enemy's hand. This enemy is very real. This enemy is called Satan and he hates everything about God and he hates everything about unity and he hates everything about people to coming together in the name of Jesus and giving him glory. He hates it. And so he will wear and he will pick and he will find the weakness and he'll go wherever that is if you're not aware that that's what's happening. Why does he do this? Because he hates what God creates. And God created the family. He created this family here at Salem Fields Community Church. And the enemy's tactic is to split apart. You remember this saying, united we stand... We know it in our head, don't we? But do you put that into practice? 
when that thing is going on inside of you and that weakness is being played upon? Do, do you? Well, uh, we're all a target. And here today, we have all kinds of families. We have intact families. We have single moms, single dads. But we're all under attack because the enemy hates the family. So what did Nehemiah do? Well, he had a response. When the people were saying, we're scared, and look, we're being attacked, here's what Nehemiah did. He said, therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall, the weak, weaker places of the wall, at the exposed places, posting them by families. Isn't that interesting? With their swords, their spears, and their bows. That's how they did it back in those days. The enemy looked for those weakened spots where the wall was crumbling just like he looks in you, and where the enemy could strike. So Nehemiah looked there, and though they were vulnerable, Nehemiah not only decided that he was going to rebuild this wall, but he was going to equip the people with what they needed to defeat the enemy. And he identified those places that were being exposed. Don't be afraid of that. What is it in your family that's weakened? Where is the weak spot inside of you that translates into a weak spot in your relationships? That's where the enemy will head. Is it your marriage that needs work and you refuse to get help? Is it your finances? Are you drowning in debt? Maybe there's an addiction in your life and that's all you can think about is not having that thing that you want so bad. Or maybe there's an affair or maybe you're being tempted to have an affair. Is there anything that's destroying and picking away at your marriage and at your children? Last week we looked at what, what our response is to be when that happens. Admit it, confess it, take it to the Lord. Because it's rubble. But Nehemiah identified where the people were going to be attacked, and he stationed people there. And he said, we're not going to back down to this. Maybe your children are exposed by an unhealthy dating relationship that they're in, or maybe they're being bullied, or maybe they're really addicted to social media. Be really careful, because they know how to get around you. You know that, right? It's awfully quiet. They know. Maybe some of your children are running from God and don't have a relationship with him. Fight. Fight for it. And after you identify and you admit it, it's time to fight for what really, really matters. The volume of the radio really doesn't matter. The underwear on the floor really, really <laughs> so, well, it did to me when I first got married, I can tell you that. But then I taught them how to pick them up. <laughs> but here's what Nehemiah did. Here's what Nehemiah did. And we need to do as Nehemiah did. Remember. He says, after I looked things over, I kind of assessed the whole thing that's going on. After I looked things over, I stood up and I said to everybody there, the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord. Now turn to somebody and say, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Oh, that's so wimpy. 
Remember the Lord. Yes. Don't back down. Let me hear it again. Remember the Lord. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're coming together. That's, this is what Nehemiah said. He said, remember the Lord. When it comes to fighting for your family, remember the Lord. Why? Because he's your advocate. He is your strength. He is your gasoline in your car that makes it move. He's your advocate. And after looking things over, instead of being distracted by those things that really don't matter, turn to him first. Turn to him first. Your family matters. On the flip side of that, your enemy Satan hates you and loves when people are torn apart. Don't we understand that? And he's good at what he does because he gets us so distracted and our eyes on another person. Our enemy is not another person. And so when we identify what it is and we uh, remember the Lord, when we turn to him first, then fight. Fight, verse 14 goes on to say, don't be afraid of them. You don't have to be afraid of your enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and listen to this. This is where we get to justify this fight. It's in the word. And fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. You know what? I've watched many of you here because you've allowed me in to your personal lives. And I've seen that you've come to a place, many of you, that you just didn't know how you were going to go on. And you determined to fight. And things may not be rosy right now, but you are not backing down. You're fighting for your family. And I so admire that. And that's what Nehemiah says. Yep, fight. Let's fight for our families. We can join together. And we can fight against the gates of hell to keep our families and our church and our community from being destroyed. No matter how bleak things may look, I don't care how much the church declines in America, I will not back down. It is God's way to win people to Christ. It doesn't matter how bleak it looks. Fight for your family. Here's what we know. If you will fight for your family, your marriage, your sons, your daughters, for your own soul by remembering the Lord and turning to him first, God will fight with you and for you. He just will. And I'll tell you why. Because he loves you. And he loves families. He created families. It was his idea. And he loves unity. And he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit that will allow us to have unity. You know what happens when we're torn apart? Somebody has forgotten about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is what brings us together. When you fight for your family, your wife, your husband, your children, and you choose not to take that exit ramp, and you remember the Lord, the forces of hell will not destroy you. You can stand at the gates of hell, but do not back down because greater is he that is in you 
than he that's in the world. We got to remember that. Remember the Lord. It's not about fighting harder, expending a lot of energy. It's about fighting smarter. Recognize your enemy. It's not that person out on the highway. It's not your spouse. It's not your child. It's an enemy that's looking for the weakness and the crack in your foundation. Resist him, and he'll flee from you. Nehemiah fortified the exposed places, and he equipped the people just as Buddy and I are equipping you here today, giving you opportunity. He placed them in the places where they could fight for one another. Families fought for other families as well as their own. It's not just about fighting for our own family. It's about joining together. And let's provide a a protective covering for all of us together and not let the enemy crack our foundation. Families fought for other families. Nobody fought alone. Even though the wall had some weak... We will have weak in places. We're all weak. We're all broken. But the Bible clearly says that in our weakness, he is made strong. The problem we have is that we don't allow him to make us strong. We turn to something else, another relationship, another uh, all kinds of things. (laughs) I could list all kinds of things that we tend to turn to. But Salem Fields Community Church is the kind of place that As long as Buddy and I are here as your leaders, we will not back down to what the enemy wants to destroy. So what do you say? Don't give up? Don't back down? What do you say we fight together? You in for it? Now that's how you fight smart. Salem Fields, here's what we want you to know. Here's our promise. Gay and I... Uh, want to make to you as your pastors. It's this, if you will fight for your family and and the families in our church and our community and and even our family, this church is gonna fight with you. You see, God is calling Salem Fields uh, in this season of our ministry to rebuild and fortify the low exposed places. Why are we doing that? So that that we can provide you uh, and the families in our community with the tools to win the battle we're in, to win that battle that we're in. It all starts with here at Salem Fields with our student ministries and our infrastructure and and, and this building and a church in Smithville, Virginia. But I gotta tell you, it's much, much, much more than that. And and over the next couple, two or three years, as we uh, continue this uh, rebuild that we're in, we're gonna work to rebuild other low places in our ministry. There are some places in our ministry, in our church, outside these three things that we've been talking to you about that need to be fortified. They need to be built up. They need to be made stronger. And we're going to work to rebuild those. Why? So that you and I have the tools that we can fight for our families, that our community has a place where they know that they can come and we're going to fight for their families and we're going to fight for the people in our community and in Smithfield and around the world. Why are we going to do that? We're going to do that so we can fight for you, for your husband, for your wife, and for your children and the students and the poor and the under, underemployed of Smithfield. 
If you're under attack, we're gonna fight with you. Why is that? Because we fight better together. I wish I'd have had a couple boys with me with that Marine, but we fight better together. <laughs> you see, many of our families at Salem Fields Community Church, as Gay has already said, you're hurting and we're hurting and we're struggling and you're online and you're hurting and you're struggling and we got families in Smithville that are hurting and struggling in Nigeria and around the world that are hurting and struggling. But you know what we do when we're hurting and struggling? You know what we normally do as church people? Here's what we normally do at church. When the, what do we do when the husband has given up or, or, or the wife has been beaten down and they're fighting each other and, and, and it's terrible environment in their home and you're ready to give up and call the divorce lawyer? What, what do we do when the teenage daughter comes up pregnant? Or, or when the teenage son comes home and says he's gay? What, what do you do? What do church people do when we're in debt over our heads? and we can't pay the light bill. What do we do? Truthfully, in a lot of families and in a lot of churches, we try to hide it. We just try to hide it. We, we don't tell anybody. I mean, we're the darndest people. Our home is falling apart, but don't tell anybody. You know, we can't pay our bills and they're getting ready to turn the electricity off. We have no running water in our house, but for goodness sakes, don't tell anybody in the church. You know, our, our, our teenage daughter is pregnant. And so we just go away and our, our teenage son is gay. You know, we, we just leave the church. We just leave. People just leave. We leave the church. You know why we leave the church? Because we feel awkward. We feel weird. We feel like we don't fit in. We feel like people are going to look down on us. We feel like we gotta have the perfect idea of family. Name that family that's perfect. And so we leave the church because we don't feel safe. We don't feel safe in the place that's supposed to be safe. Salem Fields Community Church, let us be clear. This church was built on brokenness. Matter of fact, our marriage is built on brokenness. We were broke. In the early 1980s, Gay told the enemy to go to hell. And she decided to fight like hell. You know how hell fights? Unfair and dirty. And so we got to fight like hell to battle the forces of hell. And Gay said, I'm going to fight like hell for our marriage and for our daughter. And if she had not fought for this marriage, there would be no Salem Fields Community Church to fight for you and to fight for your families and to fight for families in Smithfield, in our community, and around the world. There would be no Salem Fields Community Church if she wouldn't have stood and said, I'm going to fight like hell for my marriage. Twenty-one years ago, this weekend, this weekend, the fifth of March, in 1995, we came to Salem Fields Community Church. You know what? Here we were, broke again. We were broke and about to give on, give up on church, ready to walk away. Had made the decision that we no longer wanted to be in the church. You know why? Because we felt awkward. We felt weird. We didn't think the church would be a safe place for us any longer because we were broken. But you know what we found here? We found a group of loving people, people that were broken, people that loved us and accepted us, 
and allowed us to heal. You know, and, and for the last 20 years, gay has led the charge to fight for broken people, to fight for broken families, to fight for broken homes. She has not backed down in spite of opposition, even when I have been that opposition. You see, it's her life mission. God planted the seed in her heart when she surrendered to God. And it became a holy discontent in her life. It wrecked her life. It continues to wreck her life. She can't get away from it. You see, it's God's purpose for her life. That's why she lives. That's why she exists. And she's led the charge because God planted something in her life because she surrendered to him. So, so if this church ever becomes anything other than a place for broken people, then you know what we're going to do? We're going to hang it up and go have some fun. Because I got to tell you, being a pastor ain't fun a lot. And we're going to go have some fun. Folks, families are broken. Families are hurting. And families are dysfunctional. And that's the family in America today. Leave her to beavers over. You see, this church is a place where broken people, where abused people, where addicted people, where we can come and be loved. You see, Jesus did, said he, he came not for the, the well, the people that were well. He came for the sick. He came for the people that were hurting and going through difficult times. He called the church to be a hospital, to a place of healing for people. You see, and if this place ceases to be, other than that, we might as well just give it to the county. Just say, you take it and you replace all those air conditioners that are broken. And you pay for them. You know, we might as well just turn it over, sell it to a school, just move out. If it, if it no longer ceases to be a place where hurting people can find hope and love and encouragement and healing, let's close her down. You see, Gay and I love you guys just the way you are. And we hope you will continue to love us just the way we are, warts and all. You see, we fight better together. So here's what, here's what we're asking everybody to do that loves Salem Fields Community Church. If you love this church, and you know some of you love it to death, you've been here since the beginning, you've stuck it out. And others of you have been here and you just stick it out. If you love this church and you say, this is my church, then here's what I want you to do. Gay and I are asking you to take your place on the wall. There's some low places. There's some broken down places. There are some families that are going through difficult times. They're sitting right beside of you. It might be you. You might work with them. You might go to school with them. You might be on the, on the train with them. And they need somebody to take their place on the wall. And so we're asking everyone here at Salem Fields Community Church to take your place on the wall and fight. Don't back down. You see, Nehemiah, he built a wall around the city to protect families from the attack of the enemy. And Nehemiah made sure everybody was on the wall fighting for each other. And I got to tell you, I look back in my life and I am so glad that there were people in the Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene who stood on the wall for our family. And I'm so glad I have a wife that stood on the wall for our family. And I'm so glad as I look back to 1996 when we did our very first uh, emphasis to reach people that there were people that stood on the wall. And over the years, there's been people that stood over the wall, stood on the wall for you and for I. And Nehemiah made sure 
that everybody was on the wall and they were fighting for each other. We're rebuilding a church. What we're doing is we're rebuilding a wall of protection for hurting families in in this room and online. We're building a wall of protection around the families in our community, community who are fighting alone. We're building a wall around our students who need a wall of protection. They need men and women that will stand on the wall and those in Smithfield that go to work in a stinking ham factory and are underpaid. We need people to stand on the wall for those families. So are you in a fighting mood? Are you in a fighting mood? men and women that are willing to stand on the wall and to fight. And Lord, I just pray that right now, as we close out our time together, that God, your Holy Spirit, would lead us through our closing moments together in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. In the back, you saw pallets of bricks. And uh, um, what we'd like you to do is go back. It's pretty awesome being on this side of the wall because I see all kinds of things that people have said, I'm going to fight. I will not back down. And I will fortify this wall. And I'll make a solid foundation. So you'll get a brick. Now, there's two sides to that brick. One side is the back. And that's where we want you to write. Whatever you need to fight for. I don't know what it is in your life. I know what it is in mine right now. The fight never ends, really. That thing that you will not back down to, that loved one in your life, that child, your marriage, um, whatever that is in your life, your family, God's probably speaking to you about what that is right now. So you'll go back and get one of those bricks, make sure it's the backside, it's flat and kind of red. Take that Sharpie, write on that brick, whatever that is, And bring that up and put it in the wall, symbolically saying, I will not back down and I will fight for this. And you and I, God, and I got to tell you, as I'm thinking about what Buddy said about me, I will never take all the credit for that. If I had not had God as my advocate and the ability to go to him on a daily basis and fall to my knees and crumble and be weak I could not have done it I just could not have if I could do it you can do it because God is our advocate so when you take that brick don't throw it at somebody else because you can destroy that way and you can fight that way if you choose but that really won't matter what really matters is that you determine that you will not give up You will not back down. And then bring that brick up, put it on the wall, and go back to your seat, and we'll just simply worship and close. You can go now.
Thank you. 